Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. G'day, this is Better Make It Quick. I'm Osha Ginsberg. Thanks for being a part of it. This is the Wednesday edition of Better Than Yesterday, which is simply a podcast here to make your day-to-day better than yesterday. Something you hear on this show and every show will do just that. We go all over back to 2013. Conversations with people from all over the world, from all walks of life, and some of them the best at what they do. Experts in their field. I'm Osha Ginsberg. I'm a podcaster, TV host, uh, dad, stepdad, uh, office cleaning guy, trying to resurrect a MacBook Air by installing some sort of weird open source software on it so I can use it for the new live show that I'm doing um, because the laptop that I had stopped working and the fucking Apple people said, never mind, I don't mind caring you. You don't need to know my service desk problems. You're here for Jackie O. Um, So this is a a small part of a much longer conversation that uh, my producer Bree went back and found and said, people should listen to this, which is what these Wednesday shows are. Uh, This is 2019. I went into the Kiss FM studio in Sydney where Jackie is, you know, of the Kyle and Jackie, works. She is one of the most successful radio presenters in the history of Australia, Jackie O. She is the host with Kyle Sandilands of the number one breakfast show in Sydney and the number one breakfast show in Australia. They are the same show. They've been at the top of their game for nearly 20 years and I was interested to know, because I remember when I first got the bug for radio, it was at 4EB. Uh, no, it was before that. It was either 4EB in Brisbane, 4EB, ethnic broadcasting, we don't call it that anymore, uh, in Brisbane when my dad was doing a shift, a volunteer shift for the Czech program. And it was either that or when we visited my dad's mate Yaroslav in Adelaide, which it might have been actually, it might have been. Anyway, radio studios were always wonderful things for me. And I wanted to know, what was the first radio studio that Jackie walked into? Oh, God, that's a good question. It would have been, no, it would have been maybe CFM on the Gold Coast. Yeah. The old building on Southport? Yes. Is it still there? I don't know. It might be still there. I don't know if it's still there, actually. I haven't been back for a while. But I do remember working in little places, when I say little, not as regional as some people in radio have worked, but I've 
been in Canberra and then I moved to Adelaide, did Triple M there. And I do remember one weekend coming to Sydney and going to the Triple M studios. I'm not sure where they were located, but I just remember they had city views and it was nighttime. And I just remember thinking, never in my wildest dreams will will I work in Sydney because I just didn't even think that was possible. And I always look back at that moment and sort of pinch myself and go, funny, I could have told myself, this is what's in store for you in the next, you know, five, 10 years. I would never have believed it. I was just happy to be working in Adelaide doing little bits and pieces on the air. So how you know, times have changed. And that really, I just remember that moment thinking, wow, this is the big time. How how did you get the job in at CFM? How did you start working there? I didn't work at CFM at all. So I'd met Phil and we, so I rang in for a competition and he said to me, come in and pick up the tickets. He must've been doing the old pickup line, right? (laughs) The 90s, it was a different time. It was such a different time. It was a time. different time. It was totally acceptable to pick up the listeners. Um, so I was a listener and, you know, Phil wasn't actually even meant to be working that shift. He was the air conditioner at CFM had broken and so he was working the daytime shift for some reason. I don't, I can't remember why. And he answered the phone and he would never, usually because he was doing night shows and I never listened at night. So for some reason we got chatting and hit it off on the phone and he said, come in, I'll give you a tour of the station. Oh my goodness. Yeah, he had all the moves and I was like, wow, oh my God, it's CFM, I get to do a tour of the station. So I was so excited. What were you doing on the Gold Coast at the time? I was working in real estate. So... Like what? What in what capacity? So I was just doing up all the contracts when a house sold. I was responsible for doing the contracts. Whoa. Yeah. And where were you living on the Goldie? Uh, so I was still living at home at that point in Which Southport. Suburb? In Southport, yeah. also real close. Really close, right. and um, yeah. So I went in and did a little tour, and I can't remember what happened after that. He must have asked me out on a date, and then we just started dating. Wow! And then very quickly into that relationship, he got transferred to Canberra, and it was that kind of thing where you go, oh, "I don't know if we're there yet," but I decided to go. You know what? Let's have an adventure and see what happens. How old were you? I would have been just 18. Wow. Yeah. Well, good, hey, good on you for yeah. working at that age. So many people wouldn't yeah. have even had a job, yeah. let alone a job where they're doing yeah. contracts in a real estate agency. Oh, well, I didn't even go to year 12, Osha, so <laughs> <laughs> I ended up working in a real estate agency. What happened? What happened in high school that you went, I'm out? Uh, you know, on every report card, the teacher said that she could be a great student, but she talks too much. <laughs> <laughs> That's right, motherfucker. I know. And I now get paid for it. That's right. I Number one. It. it was meant to be. And I think my parents just gave up in the end and thought, oh, there's just, I couldn't, I just, for me, there was more fun to be had than just being quiet in a classroom. Yeah. Look, I look back and I think I should have learned more. I should have done this, but I have no regrets. I think, you know, you're destined for your path in life and I never regret anything. And I just think everything happens for a reason. So yeah, I never finished year 12. And how were your decided- parents about, how was the conversation about I'm not going back? Oh, they knew. They they were like, you know what? Whatever you want to do, we give up now. Yeah. I, I really think they just knew it was pointless. Yeah. You know? Um, well, good on them for not, you know, yeah, trying to crowbar never, you in. No, nah, they've never put pressure on me in any way like that. So they've always been really good um, and supportive. So... Yeah, and, you know, even just to let your 18-year-old daughter go off to Canberra with some radio DJ that's 10 years older than her, you know, like that in itself, a lot of parents might have an issue with, but they were, again, supportive. 
And, um, yeah. Now, Jackie says she didn't initially want to work in radio. So how did it happen? Well, again, this is so unethical, but uh, (laughs) there was a um, girl that was answering the phones for Phil's show and she must have been only 16 or 17 and she must have written a diary every night. One night she leaves her diary behind and someone in the office reads her diary and in the diary she's basically shit-canning everybody and saying how much she hates the place and doesn't want to work here. And they let her go. Now, can you imagine what would happen now if that were the case? So she got let go and Phil said, oh, they've let go this girl and she's my phone operator. Can you just come in for tonight and help out? until we find someone new. So I did that and then never left. Right. Mm. And so they would say, oh, why don't you do some shout-outs at the end of the show for the people who've been calling through. Uh-huh. So at the end of the show I'd do, hi, you know, Mary yeah. said, yeah, hi to Mary, hi to so-and-so. And it grew from there. That's... So it was all very, yeah, Yeah, but still, it's, accident it, it's the, I'm assuming that it wasn't humongous pay to go and do that. And oh, I had no pay. Exactly. And then I realised I actually loved the environment of radio. Right. And I just didn't want to work on air still, but I wanted a job behind the scenes. And I wanted to be, I don't know what the job I was applying for. It must have been like a semi-producer or something. Yeah. And I begged the general manager to give me $10,000 a year for that job. And yeah, that's all I got. So it took a while to get a pay rise. But I just knew I loved working in radio. It just was something that the people were like, I mean, I'm going to come from boring office jobs. So it was so exciting and different for me. Yeah. Yeah. It's an exciting, it's an exciting, if you've never been in a radio station, there's something about, I don't know what it is, like, like now that we can amplify our voices beyond the room that we're sitting in through our phones via Instagram or Facebook or Twitter Mm -hmm. or TikTok or whatever it is that you're using. At the time, there was no way to make the things that you said louder unless you work for a newspaper or you worked on yeah. you know, in some sort of broadcasting. And so here's this magical device, this microphone mm. that you can push a button and thousands, hundreds of thousands, if you're lucky, a million people will hear what you have to say. That's an extraordinarily powerful thing. It is. And it's uh, a scary thing as in terms of it's very addictive. So what I worry about is the day I'm not doing this uh. and how I will cope with that. And I think it would be actually quite a difficult transition. It's sort of like I'm imagining football players who train and do this their whole life and then one day it's just cut off from them, not through their own decision necessarily, or maybe it is, and then they go from all of that to dealing with what else is out there, what else do I do? And I know I would struggle with that and particularly I'm, I'm so used to if something happens in my life or something funny happens or there's any kind of story, you get excited. You know, you've worked in radio. You go, oh, this is going to make a great story for on air. And I, I Half think, my day's work is done. Yeah, exactly. Excellent. Thank like, you so oh, much for crashing into me. Yes. I now have a whole hour of work. There's always a silver <laughs> lining no matter what happens. It's all content. Exactly. It's all content and you get excited about a great story yeah. and you can't wait to tell everyone about it. Yeah. And then when that goes, it's going to be like, oh, who am I going to tell? I've got no one to tell anymore. I can call a friend. But I think, you know, dealing with that is going to be hard when that day comes. I, th- I don't think that day is going to come without your choice, Jackie. Do you think so? I think you will choose, you will choose the day that you 
go, that's it, I'm, I'm going to get out of bed a little later. I think you'll choose Yeah, maybe. Look, I would love that to be the way it, you know, unfolds. I don't know if it will be because I've always been a little bit, not glass half empty. I'm a glass half full kind of person, but I'm also very, I'm a realist and I know what this industry is like and I know it can be taken away from you in a second. Things can happen and I don't know, something could happen where I'm, I'm cut. That's how I've always been and that's why I've always, in the 20 years I've done this job, have saved my money and never spent it on, you know, anything too extravagant because I know I want to make sure I'm well looked after and I'm prepared for that day when it does happen so it's not a huge shock. Even you, even you at the top of the tower in this country as far as radio is concerned, you still wake up every day going, could be... Could all end tomorrow. This survey could be it. Yeah, of course. I've always been like that. And Carl's the opposite. He's he's like, I'm spending everything I make as quickly as I make it because I know this is just going to keep going and I'm the complete opposite. I've seen it enough to know that could be me one day. And if it's not, thank thank God it's not. But I'm going to make sure that I'm mentally prepared for that day <laughs> <laughs> because I can't imagine anything worse than just being told. And you don't get much notice a lot of the time. No. You are told on the last day, oh, by the way, that was your last show. No, you don't get to say goodbye to your audience. Someone else is going to replace you. Uh, yeah. You know, um, that's so what happens. It and just happened in this yeah, market too. It yeah. happened two weeks ago in this very market. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we, we can talk about that later. Yeah. Uh, so at what point, so you've gone from the phones, you've gone, gone to shout outs, you've Real estate, I don't know if that was a thing you wanted to do with the rest of your life, but no. when, did you get the, <laughs> when did you get the glimmer of like, you know what? Because you don't get good at something unless you really apply yourself. Yeah, all right? and yeah. As someone who did not do well in high school myself, and you mentioned you left you high school. You didn't? You're like, no, I failed. Um, what? Yeah, I failed high school. I thought you would have been like ducks of the no. class. No, You're very smart. No. Where'd, that, where'd that come from? I don't. I think I might have been smart in ways that high school didn't test. Perhaps they weren't giving you the information you were interested I, in necessarily. I don't know. I was, I was more interested in other things. Yeah. Um, and, but me, yeah. There's, got, there's a point where... Only hard work can make you better. Absolutely. At what point did you go, this is it, this is what I want, I'm going to do everything I can to be as good as this? I think once I got on air full time and we moved from Adelaide, so I think I was in Adelaide for a year just doing bits and pieces and I started doing O News, but that was the extent of it. And then once we got to Melbourne, we were doing, I think, the National Night Show and that's when I was like, right, we're going to be number one. And I was really I cared about that show even though I wasn't on air as much as what Phil was or what I am now with Kyle the amount of work I put into that show was just ridiculous and I look back at the things I did to to try and make a difference so I'd volunteer to go out in the thunders every day to visit the schools then we'd come back and we'd prepare for the show and then after the show what I did was I created this database because back then we didn't really have the internet there wasn't, you know, anything like that. So I created what was called an ugly newsletter for any any listener that was a fan of the show and it was like a free magazine that I would make 
and send out to them every week. I don't know why I did that, but I guess I just wanted them to feel special. So I had this huge list of people that wanted it, hundreds and hundreds of people. And I was personally writing this. So I was creating a magazine and then photocopying thousands and thousands of copies and sending them all out myself. And I'd be there till three o'clock in the morning doing that. And then I'd wake up the next day and go out to the schools. It was all about connecting with the audience. I knew that was important and as well as giving them good content. And I worked my ass off, you know, I really did. And I enjoyed it. I loved every minute of it. So it wasn't, I wouldn't have been staying back till three in the morning if I didn't love it. We need to take a quick ad break. Back in a moment with Jackie O. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Jackie O became extremely successful hosting a nightly radio show with Ugly Phil. When their personal relationship ended, Phil wanted to move to the UK, so they needed to find a new host. Kyle Sanderlands got the nod. So what was different about Kyle that meant he got the job? Well, it was, I think we'd gotten to a point where we'd auditioned quite a number of people and... They were great. They just weren't, you know, when you just know, you know. And I think they just got jack of it and they went, screw it. We're bringing in this guy from Brisbane and he's going straight on air tonight. No audition. This was Jeff Ellis, so (laughs) Janine Ellis's husband. Yeah. And um, Jeff was just like, fucking put him on air and I don't want to hear about it. Just give him a chance. And he went on air and, yes, he said that. F word, like as soon as he was on air in the opener and I, I didn't know he was going to do that. He knew in his head he was going to do that just to shock me. And I thought, oh God, who's this guy trying to impress? Like rolling my eyes thinking, oh my God, here we go. Trying to be a shock jock. And then, you know, he didn't, he'd come from Triple M in Brisbane. He didn't know anything about pop music. And when you do the Hot 30 at night, you have to, it's all about the music. You have to know every boy band, every girl band, every pop star there is. And he didn't know any of that. And I just was like, God, it's, this is never going to work. And the second night he had hung up on Victoria Beckham twice because he didn't know how to operate the phones. And I'm tearing my hair out with this guy thinking, how's this been allowed to happen? And then I remember placing a call to Rob Logan, who you were just talking about, and just saying, look, I don't know how much longer we're going to give this, but I don't think this is going to work. And I'm not, I can't remember if he agreed or not. And then the next night, Kyle just, I don't know what he went home and did. 
And I don't know if he even, heard, I don't think he heard about the phone conversation, but I knew, I think he knew in his head, I'm not nailing this and I'm not delivering what I need to deliver. And he just came back the next night and was amazing and we just gelled and it clicked. And thank God Jeff did give him a shot because, you know, that, 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 that chemistry didn't happen immediately. It took us about six or eight months to really develop it and know that it was great. But it just kept getting better and better. So, yeah, I'm glad they gave him a chance because, I mean, my life would be very different if it weren't for Kyle. Yeah. Mm. When a new person comes into the show, any radio show, unless it's a show that's been constructed around them, you have to basically, even if the shoes don't fit, you've got to squeeze into them. You've got to inhabit the show that has existed, mm. all right, or the segments that have been there before you got there, yeah. the rhythm of the show, the playlist, as you mentioned, and that can be tough for a little while. At what point did it start to shift and the balance of power? Because when you first arrive, you're like, okay, I'll just do the part that I'm here for. Everyone, this is a team that I know how to do it. At what point did the balance of power start to shift and did he start to? Oh, yeah, that's an interesting question. Um, he got comfortable, I think, about six to eight months in. And that's when I noticed certain staff members were going and things were changing. And he just knew in his head what he needed to do to make that show sound right. He knew the team it would take. A couple of people that he'd worked with in Brisbane came to join the team. And you know what? He was right, though, because it wasn't where it needed to be. And he needed to bring his own energy and what he believed was good radio to the table. He couldn't just be a Phil replica because at that point, Phil was really popular and he knew he had big shoes to fill. And at first, a lot of people were like, this guy's a tryhard. He's trying too hard. And so I think Kyle just needed to feel comfortable with the people around him and knowing that the content he was doing was something that would work for both of us not just something that was there before. And I, I would say it was about six six to eight it's months It's a long in. time to have your, someone who thinks this could all be over tomorrow. That's yeah, a lot of surveys. It's a lot shot. of surveys to go through going, yeah. fuck. Look, it, it, it crept up. I mean, it wasn't just one day everything changed. There were yeah. a few bits and pieces. But I don't think – because Cole was t- intimidated coming to Sydney. He, he, who would he, be? Yeah. I mean, you look at Cole and you think he's scared at no- of nothing or makes out. Yeah. Nothing intimidates him. He's fearless and – He's confident and he walks into any job and feels like he owns the place. Well, he wasn't like that back then, obviously, and he had his insecurities. So I don't think he wanted to step on too many toes at first, but at the same time he knew what he needed to do to make it work for him and I. And what did it take for you to trust that he, when he started to really start suggesting things, you went, man, all right. No, we were pretty like-minded actually, and I think that's what's always made us – work, we have the exact same opinion most of the time about what makes good radio and what doesn't. We know immediately if someone says something like, yeah, but then this is probably going to happen or this, it's not going to work for this reason. Or if we both hear a bit of audio, we both always think the same. Someone else in the producers might be like, this is amazing. We'll look at each other and go, no, that's shit. And we just, uh, we think exactly the same when it comes to content. And that's been... I think what makes us work, to be honest. And I've always trusted him. I think we really bonded on one particular, that was our first junket to Spain. And that was kind of 
when we became friends off the air as well. Because yeah. up until that point, it was just a working relationship. We weren't hanging out behind the scenes. And after that point, we became really good friends and, you know, I'd be at his house every weekend. And right. We were, yeah. And you need to do that, I think, to build the relationship. You need, it's it's like any great duo, Hamish and Andy, they're great friends. You need that. Otherwise, I don't know, I don't think it translates. The friendship should be first and foremost. You can listen to Kyle and Jackie O every weekday morning in Sydney on KISS 106.5. They have a catch-up podcast too. However you feel about them, you cannot deny the success they've had, the impact they've had on Australian media. They're extraordinary operators. I'm grateful to have worked with Jackie on a number of seasons of Masked Singer. She's absolutely wonderful to work with and I'm fabulously happy that she agreed to come on this show because it was a cracking chat and you've got to hear the rest of it. There's big chunks of it that ended up becoming, uh, I guess, articles in magazines if they were pool quotes, but, you know, maybe they referenced me. I can't remember. I don't remember it, but it's great. It's a great chat. If you're a nerd for radio or you're just interested in how they did what they did and do what they do, episode 303, scroll on back and find it. Thanks so much for listening. If you're coming to the gig this Friday, I can't wait to see you there. The secret word is cabbage soup. Come to me, tell me, tell me those two words and I'll be like, yeah, you listen to the show. That's awesome. Next show after that is Friday the 17th in Sydney. After that, a little bit of a break and then Melbourne International Comedy Festival. Tickets are available in the show notes. Get on that. The special guests are starting to line up. It's starting to firm up into being something pretty freaking awesome and, um, I'm thrilled. It's a really exciting project, this one. NTNN, NNN, it's a news show that we're doing. I'll get out of here. Thank you so much for Andy Ma for doing post production on this, Bree Steele for writing and producing the episode, Rachel Barrett, executive producer, Mike Mills on the music, and you for listening. I'll see you Friday. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.